and welcome to another episode of Deprogramming, the adult child of the narcissist. My name is Gloria Rogers, and I am your host. This podcast is my anecdotal audio journal as I walk towards healing childhood trauma and emotional abuse. As a disclaimer, I am not a therapist or a psychologist, nor do I have specific training. With that in mind, please be aware that my content is mostly experiential-based and shouldn't be used in place of proper therapy. To make another disclaimer, I will add that yes, I am specifying the person who was a narcissist in my life as a child, but please note that I'm not diagnosing them with narcissistic personality disorder, as that is only something a trained professional may do. Once again, my emphasis is that this is merely my opinions based on study and experience. Now then, on to episode number two. What is narcissism? That is the topic at hand, and in this episode I will focus on what I have learned about narcissism over the last over half a year, as well as what it is not. I'll go over some of the different types of narcissists, as well as some characteristics that are shared universally across the board and some things that are specific to the different types. Afterward, I'll share a little bit more about my family and share exactly why I believe that it is indeed narcissistic abuse that I'm working on recovering from. The focus from last week's episode was on defining deprogramming and that it is the tool I plan on using to heal. And it means to dissuade from firmly established or innate behaviors. I specified that the result of such behaviors can be attributed to narcissistic abuse. So now I will expand on what narcissism and narcissistic abuse is and what it looks like. If you already have a good idea, no, please bear with me as I believe it is important, especially if there is even one person who is not sure exactly what I am going on about. So thanks in advance. For taking the time today. First of all, it's necessary to know that not everyone who has a couple narcissistic traits are indeed narcissists. From different uh, people who have studied it in detail on YouTube, as well as different websites on the topic, a person can display one or two traits and still not be a narcissist. I believe it is fair to say that everybody will behave in a selfish manner occasionally. Just being selfish and self-absorbed isn't enough to make someone a narcissist. In order to be more convinced that someone is a narcissist, they have to display at least five out of nine specific traits on a prolonged basis and not just on an occasional occurrence. Traits that I'm about to go over are pulled from a website or blog Uh, called Duke Health. I'll add the link in the description of this episode. The blog I'm going to be pulling this next information is called Narcissism versus Narcissistic Personality Disorder, written by Larisse Biggers. She writes that symptoms are more severe and occur across different situations and environments. Here's the list. They have a sense of self-importance. They are preoccupied with power, beauty, or success. They are entitled. They can only be around people who are important or special. 
They are interpersonally exploitative for their own gain. They are arrogant. They lack empathy. They must be admired. They are envious of others or believe that others are envious of them. I'm going to pull some more information from another website called webmd.com. For this one, I'll also attach the link in the description below. The intro paragraph says this, and I quote, Narcissism is an extreme self-involvement to the degree that it makes a person ignore the needs of those around them. While everyone may show occasional narcissistic behavior, True narcissists frequently disregard others or their feelings. They also do not understand the effect that their behavior has on other people." End quote. On a surface level, it is very difficult to spot a narcissist, especially since they are very skilled at being charming and charismatic. They will not show their negative behavior right away. They have that public persona and mask that they wear at all times person who has narcissistic tendencies will surround themselves with people who inflate their ego. There are several things that narcissists do that have fancy words and terms, like love bombing, gaslighting, flying monkeys, hoovering, etc. There are a lot of sources out there with information on these subjects, but if you would like me to go deeper and make content about them, or anything really, send me a message or leave a comment. I'd like to know what you're interested in. This next section, uh, I'm pulling from a person called Dr. C on YouTube with a channel called Surviving Narcissism. And I hope I don't get copyrighted for this, but for the most part, I'll do my best to put it in my own words. I'm pulling this from a video titled a narcissistic parent checklist. And there are 15 things he lists and discusses, but I'm only going to highlight a few today. First one I'll list is uh, that the narcissist won't have discussions, or at least the discussions will be heavily one-sided, their side. I can't even count the number of days where I would be sitting or standing, doesn't matter, for hours upon hours listening to my father say the same thing in as many different ways as he could imagine. There would be discussions following the same pattern as the last three days, three weeks, three months, even three years on the same subject. Needless to say, I developed a skill of stonewalling. I would be there listening, but not listening. If he asked a question, I would ignore saying anything because it was never the right answer. He would always answer it himself anyways. Next one is inconsistency between the public and private face. This point reminds me of Jekyll and Hyde, except in this case there is no special potion that causes this change. To the outside world, the narcissist, and I am describing my father as well here, is very charismatic. Everything is right in their world. My father would often brag about his wife and kids to strangers and friends, but come home and is savage and cruel with no regard to any of us. The next one is discipline is not really discipline. In general, the purpose of discipline is to teach, but the narcissist 
quote-unquote, beats into submission. I don't have a personal example of physical beating into submission, but I have observed traits of this towards my older siblings. They have their own specific memories. I do think that this point ties into the next one. The narcissist is manipulative with their use of reward and punishment. I have observed brothers being kicked out of the vehicle in the middle of the highway. I've heard one of my brothers going bankrupt to bail my dad out of financial trouble at 18 without compensation. If there was any disagreements, we were labeled unsaved and spawn of the devil. If we were quiet and obedient, we were his perfect angels. The moods of the narcissist are erratic, unpredictable. They might be having a decent day. Everyone around him just might be starting to relax when his mood will snap suddenly and explicably change. Next is that their anger is abrupt and unpredictable. They will blame, shame, and guilt trip and they are irrational, erratic, and condescending. This next one is an interesting one. A child's separateness becomes a referendum about the parent. They may say something like, how could you blank? Do you know what this does to me? I believe that this point could make the parent feel threatened by the child. This could also tie into the narcissistic parent taking credit for any and all achievements made by their children. Why can't you be more like so-and-so? They are making X amount of money. When I was competing uh, in figure skating, my father would take videos of my performance, which is fine, but he would talk over the performance on the video saying, my daughter, dot dot dot, etc which is also fine, but it's the attitude that because of his good parenting is why his kids do so good is what chokes me a bit. Everyone needs their independence and my siblings and myself struggled hard to find success despite our father being the way that he is. The final point that I'll add here from the list is that the narcissist requires loyalty it's not an option, no questions. It's an obligation. The narcissist may do this by threatening. I asked him after a rather stupid argument a couple years ago, am I dishonoring God because I am disagreeing with you? His reply was, I don't know how to answer that. After a bit of a pause, I think which in itself is answer enough to his perspective and thoughts. I believe that to some degree or another, narcissists have some form of God complex. It's my way or the highway mentality. There have been more than one occasion in a church setting, he would stand up in the middle of a service and interrupt the pastor to tell them how and why they were wrong. In general, the narcissist has to be in control and ultimately their children are there to serve their needs and interests. Becoming independent and standing in your independence takes courage, and it can seem impossible. It's important to define yourself and not let the narcissist in your life define you. 
It's easy to say. It's hard to do. Moving on, then. There are a few different specific categories that narcissists will fall under. And I'll share briefly a couple details about a few. First one, I don't know much about particularities of it. And that is the communal narcissist. These people get their quote-unquote supply, and by that I mean what they feed off of from public attention-seeking. They typically are the type to be front and center of events. They may be in charge of some kind of charity or humanitarian organization. These will be the, look at me, I'm a generous, amazing person kind of people to the public. Yet their families, are, and quite likely the people they work with, will be treated quite the opposite. The people who work for and are family of the communal narcissist will be considered not only by this narcissist, but also by outsiders to be lucky or privileged to be part of that narcissist's life. It can be hard for others to understand that this narcissist treats the people closest to them so badly. On a side note, this can be true for anyone of the different types of narcissism. The face they show to the public is so good that when we voice what happens behind closed doors, it is also it is often the victim who gets criticized for making things up or exaggerating or slandering the narcissist. The next one I'm going to talk about is called the covert narcissist. This one can be more difficult to spot as these narcissists may not be as pushy or loud as others. Another term that can be used for the covert narcissist is vulnerable. They may be visibly sad or depressed. Woe is me kind of mentality that can be expected with these narcissists. They approach life as if the world owes them, that they are ahead of their time. I'll confess here that there are times when I go into a mindset myself of, woe is me, Nobody knows what I've gone through. But I know that this is a lie and a dangerous place of self-pity. Extreme self-love and extreme self-pity are two sides of the same coin. Often, narcissists will switch back and forth between these two things at such a pace that can leave everyone around them with their heads spinning. The way that I like to define self-pity, and I get this from the way that I used to think, my story is the saddest story you will ever hear. I can tell you right here and now that this mode of thinking kills empathy. During most of my teenage years, this was my own frame of mind. I was so numb from years of emotional turbulence that nearly nothing could get me to feel anything. This is unhealthy and I confess it right now. Because of this, I will emphasize once again something from last week's episode. Going through narcissistic abuse, or abuse in general, has the potential of victims becoming nar narcissistic themselves. Often, it is such abuse and trauma that creates the narcissist in the first place. Perhaps I'll do an episode to expand on this in the future. Please know that I'm not making any accusations, but an observation. If victims of this kind of abuse are not careful, the cycle can just as easily carry on through the victim themselves. I say this for myself. Some of my struggles affect the way I behave. 
I don't think I am a narcissist, but without self-reflection and looking deeper and harder, how can I know? Once again, I'll save that for another day. The next type of narcissist that I will talk about is the most common type, and that is the grandiose narcissist. The grandiose narcissist is truly entitled, not just possibly, but definitely. They consider themselves as special and will be bragging a lot, or all the time. I deserve special treatment kind of mentality. Typically, the grandiose narcissists drive for a celebrity type of life. Look at me. I'm the best. There is an expectation by these type of people that expect people to be in awe of their achievements, their knowledge, their wealth, etc. They will show off to the world. Okay, now I'm going to give attention to the last one on my list here. And this is the one that makes my heart tremble. This narcissistic pattern is considered to be the most severe and the most dangerous. And that is the malignant narcissist. To break this down, I will quickly define this word. To be malignant is to be predisposed to cause harm, suffering, or distress deliberately. To feel or show ill will or hatred. According to a website called Very Well Mind, a malignant narcissist is an abusive person who finds pleasure in lying, manipulating, and using people in order to get what they want. People become a e means to an end for this narcissist, not caring who they hurt so long as it serves their need. This website even goes so far as to compare psychopathy with the malignant narcissist. Psychopathy, uh, sociopathness, even sadism. Some similarities are low empathy and antisocial behavior. Someone with antisocial traits will include at least three of this following list. Disregard for the safety of self and others. Failure to obey laws or social norms. Impulsive behavior. Irrit irritability and aggression. Lack of remorse lying or manipulating others for profit or amusement, pattern of irresponsibility. This has been a very broad overview of the topic at hand, and I hope that it may give some context as I go on and on about narcissism in the following episodes. Today I've gone over just a little bit about the different types of narcissists within the spectrum, and I went over a few characteristics of what a narcissistic parent uh, looks like with a couple of examples. Please leave a comment or send me a message if there's anything specific that you would like me to discuss at greater length. Most of the information today I have shared is available online. It's covered by many others who are trained specifically on the topic of narcissism and narcissistic abuse. Before I close today, I'm going to read a few verses from the Bible to see what the scripture has to say about pride and narcissism. I'm looking at pride because ultimately I believe it is a major root to the narcissistic personality. First, I'll open the book of Proverbs and share a few different verses there. Let's go 
first to chapter 16, verse 5. It reads, Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not go unpunished. Chapter 8, in verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way. Chapter 26, verse 12, and then 18 and 19. And this reads, Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, Was I not joking? Next, I'm jumping to the book of Romans in the New Testament. Romans 12, verse 3. Through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each measure of faith. Continuing on in the same chapter, I'll read verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Haughty is, uh, I think, another term for pride, to be self-elevated. Lastly, I'm going to read Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Pride, arrogance, wise in own eyes, self-elevation, selfish, conceit, deceitful. These are things that God hates. Do these things sound familiar? I hope so. This is good to see as God gives us understanding about what he does not condone and support. And it's helpful if the narcissist in your life is a Christian, quote unquote. For me growing up, it was very easy to get confused because the Bible taught us of a loving and involved God, of Jesus who died and rose again to redeem those whom he would save. Yet the very person who taught us behaved in a very opposite manner, so much so that if my father was the example of Christ to be followed, then I would want to have nothing to do with Christianity and the God of my father. It is truly only the gentle grace and long-suffering of God that has secured me from falling away and from ending my own life prematurely. This is a story that I will expand on in weeks to come, I promise. Anyway, thank you for bearing with me today, and I don't know how much has come through, but it's been windy on my end here, so the rattling of the window has been quite loud in my ears, so I hope it hasn't been too obtrusive for you, my listeners. There it is. We've come to a close here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Again, I just ask for a little bit of help in getting the word out. So please share this episode with your family and friends. I started a group there on Facebook with the same title as this podcast with the goal of making it a support group. If you have questions or you would like to share a bit of your story, you can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, or email. The, uh, again, I may not be a therapist or a psychologist, but I can be a listening ear if that is what you need. 
So God bless. I hope that your day goes well. And I will see you next week for another episode of Deprogramming the Adult Child of the Narcissist.